0: Learn more at marines.com. Step forward, those who would serve, for an army will be raised. The powerful will be ripped from their decadent nests and cast out into the cold world that we know and endure.
1: This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF.
2: Hey, fellow Warzone listeners, my name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands at Monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football couple months back I joined the Patreon just to take my dynasty passion to the next level and I'll tell you what well let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas, they'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else but I'd say my favorite part about the depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.
0: What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast, and tonight we talk about some impact rookies now that the NFL draft is over. You know, the real work is getting ready to begin. Um, We do have a little side topic for you as it relates to the NFL supplemental draft and covid But before I get into all that, before we get into our amazing, legendary OG of a guest, I've got my own OG. He co-hosts this thing every single week with me. You know him better as the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's good, man?
1: Everything is always good. I am neck deep in rookie drafts. Ah, It's like, it's like just... Sitting in a pot of gold, Randy. And every little prospect that you've been waiting for is just a different little gold coin. And I'm just picking up different ones and I'm putting them into my pocket and I'm ready to just have them all. It's uh, it's it's the best time of the year for Dynasty people. How, how has it gone for you? I, have you been sniped? Have you... Is there a guy that you really wanted and you don't have any shares of? Is there a guy you're hoarding? I'm talking about Michael Pittman, of course. But it, tell me the story, my friend.
0: Well, I've I've done two two point five rookie drafts. The uh, Patreon league is going on right now at the one twelve. I got my first Justin Jefferson share, so I was pretty cool with that. Uh, the guy that I'm hoarding right now is Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh I know that senior running backs aren't necessarily the best investment, but I don't care has yeah, spot though I, I i like the landing spot and where I got him and on the teams I got him a I needed some running back help and b I got him once at the one twelve uh i e championship, and the other one was the two o two I traded back in with good friend of the show Pete Law and scooped him up at the two o two because I'm a guy that, as this uh, NFL season, we don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, it could be shortened. They could remove the buys. If that happens, man, you need running back depth. And I'm I'm chasing ships. And starting next year, 17 regular season games going to be a uh, a different animal. If if you know what I'm talking about. I mentioned the Patreon. Man, we are we are just having a ton of fun. We have welcomed in five new patrons in the last. I don't know five days seven days whatever it is man and and you guys are lighting it up over there in the group chat um and you, you heard the testimonial at the beginning of the show the the guys have been recording those on their phones and just sending to me and i've been adding to them but um we did a patreon last night uh, about it's it's a it's from a disney thing it's called everything speaks you can do it um you can figure out what that means by going to lessons from the mouse And reading into it, but this was what one of our Patreons wrote and and emailed me today. He's like, The value in the words that Randy hands each Patreon extends far beyond the game of dynasty fantasy football. Everything speaks is an applicable approach to most things in life. If you're not listening, you're missing out. Man, that made me feel really, really good because I want to help you with your dynasty roster, but man, if I can help someone, Uh, This is going to sound corny as can be, but in the game of life, Jerry, are you kidding me? Isn't that what it's all about? That is exactly. And listen, we're all going through stuff right now.
1: We're all experiencing things that our parents didn't experience, our grandparents didn't experience. It's a whole new world.
0: Man, what a tie-in. This guy, first real transition of your career... Man, much like that comment, that'd bring a tear to a glass eye. Um, Real quick, the the new project over at the Dynasty Happy Hour continues to get great feedback. Again, why do I do that show? Because it allows me to help Dynasty people with their rosters. If you're interested, go to the Dynasty Happy Hour show feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean,s wherever you're listening to this podcast and uh, it drops on Fridays, and we're going to have a new one this Friday for you. I'm going to warn you, this show is going to be just a hair over an hour. One thing that Jerry and I are kicking around based off of the the success, and you guys guys write the show. You, the listeners, tell us what you want. And Jerry, you know what listeners want right now?
1: What do they want right now? They
0: want mock drafts. Oh, my God. You Did know that, why? Why is that? I want
1: mock drafts, too.
0: I want mock drafts. You want mock drafts. We all want mock drafts, Jerry. So you know what? The people want mock drafts. What are we going to give them?
1: We're going to give them mock drafts. We're
0: going to start doing uh, Mock Draft Monday. Now, I can't guarantee you that every mock draft will have what last Monday's mock draft mock had. Mock
1: draft Monday with my man crush Monday. Oh, okay.
0: With your man crush Memphis, get out of here. I, oh, I, that was. See, that's why you're the pro. I The, the, the pros who know. Um, but I can't guarantee you that every week we're going to be able to have amazing guests, uh, at least this many, like Nick Whalen, Shane Hallam, Kyle from The Fellas, Angelo from at Angelo Fantasy, Gary <coughs> Price. <clears throat> uh, uh, Garrett Price, and of course, Jerry's arch nemesis, Kane Facel of the DLF. But, you know, we'll, we'll get one or two guests on, and we'll just do a mock draft with Jerry. And then Jerry and I are going to get into some some things now that all the rookie stuff is slowly starting to dissipate into the month of May. We're going to do mock draft Monday, and then we're going to do a lot of game theory and... You know, really help you guys get into building those rosters. That's what's on the horizon. Uh, two things before I bring on our amazing guest: five-star reviews, four. Jerry, not one, not two, not three, but four. Four new reviews last week. Thank you so much because now I'm starting to see them beyond just iTunes. Holy cow, you guys are kind people. Um, while you're you're sheltering in place, and as long as you're not driving, man, hit that podcast app. Whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, they all matter. They all count. They all help Jerry and me grow this show. And that's our goal. The goal is to make the Warzone the best dynasty podcast you listen to. Uh, follow us on social media at Dynasty Warzone, on Instagram, on Twitter. Jerry, let's get to our guest. God, let's do it. This man needs no introduction, but you know what? We're gonna give him one anyway. This this man's name is Ryan McDowell. And this man needs no introduction. He is the co-owner of Dynasty League Football, known more affectionately by its uh, acronym DLF uh, all over the world of Twitter, YouTube, podcasts, wherever you find us, you can find them. You can also find them on Twitch, on YouTube, uh, and so many other platforms. Um, He can also be found podcasting over at the Dynasty Blueprint, one of my absolute favorite and still favorite listens to this day. And the DLF podcast, uh, as well as so much more. And he is, by the way, Jerry, did you know he is the original and possibly final Randall Cobb Truther? <laughs> it's in his Twitter well, It's in his Twitter bio, Jerry.
1: Uh, if he's still holding out hope, then yes, he is the final one.
0: Uh, some people would say it's the fact that he went to the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm gonna say because he's got a sweet ass first name and Randall, but enough about all that. Ryan can be found on Twitter at RyanMC23. Jerry, let's go get this, man. Let's do it. All right, joining us on the show, Mr. Ryan McDowell. Ryan, we've been trying to get together for a while. Thank you so much for finally uh, making some time for us. You're a very busy man.
3: I am. I stay busy, but definitely glad to to jump on here with you guys tonight. Uh, Lots of good uh, topics to discuss.
0: A hundred percent. Um, one of the ones I want to get to in a minute is about how COVID-19 could have an impact on rookie drafts. But speaking of which, do you have a lot of drafts going on? Do you have, uh, we're going to get to some guys here in a little bit, but any, any, uh, trends you're seeing out there in the dynasty world?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's really just, um, I, I guess c- coming to the realization and, and it's, it's been an of course the talking point for months, if not years, the, the depth of this class. And, and now that the NFL draft has come and passed, we, we know the landing spots and we know the draft capital. And in, in so many cases, in the majority of cases, that has worked in the favor of these players, not just the guys at the top, but even players that you're taking in the second, third or, or even fourth rounds We've got nice landing spots for these guys, and uh, I mean, more than ever, i want I want all the rookie picks this year. So that's really just uh, one thing that continues to stand out to me is how how deep this class is. and uh, e- even if you have a handful of third rounders and that's all, you're gonna come come away with some pretty good options.
0: yeah, i've I've seen Van Jefferson go in the late third in two drafts with, several people from within the industry and names of podcast hosts and writers that we know. That's how full this draft is. A guy who yeah. got second round NFL draft capital to go to the Rams uh, with Brandon Cooks out of the way. And he still went like at the 308-ish range in some some super flex drafts. What about you, Jerry? Uh, what are you seeing in, in your rookie drafts?
1: I mean, I think the top is pretty chalk. I think the top four is pretty stable. I think the question with, the problem is I'm a Lions fan, so I have bias for DeAndre <laughs> Swift. But I got to the point where it was between Dobbins, Akers, and Swift. And I think that's sort of... I think it's Akers and Dobbins is sort of a one of the polarizing things that people aren't sure of. I, I like both spots. I am not the biggest Cam Akers guy in the world. Um, but to see Dobbins in Baltimore just... It's like a a rainbow on a sunny day. That's what it is. Uh, he gets matched up with Lamar Jackson. He gets put into the same offense, same type of offense that he get had at Ohio State. Is There's just a couple little battles that you continue to see people starting to sweat over. but uh, But like what Ryan said, this is a deep class, man. You get to the 18th, 19th, 20th pick, and you're still looking at a guy going, oh, my God, I'm going to get him. This is great. And that has just not been the case in a lot of classes. If we were doing this 365 days ago, we'd go, oh, Andy Isabella is here at 209, and that was what we would get excited for, and it's a totally different story this year.
0: Well, I'm glad you you brought up the depth of this class because it could have been deeper. Had guys like Chuba Hubbard, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, and others. Had they came out, I mean, think about it. I mean, the first 36 picks would have been great, but that's part of the reason why we invited Ryan to come on. He and Scott Fish, uh, that fine man, they were discussing the impact of COVID-19 on the potential NFL supplemental draft. Ryan, do you want to cover a little bit of that, what you and uh, Scott were talking about? Sure.
3: So we, we talked about this both on, the, on my podcast, Dynasty Blueprint, uh, and also on the podcast that Scott and I shared together, uh, Commission Impossible. And, and it's an important topic, uh, certainly. Uh, I don't think anybody would uh, would disagree with that. But I would also say kind of at the beginning here, I, I think this is a long shot scenario. Um, I don't think this is something that we're actually going to have to deal with, but at the very least it's something to consider. So uh, the, the the topic that we had talked about, and um, I, I think the first person that actually kind of put this on, on my mind is one of my fellow writers at at DLF Scott Connor who just mentioned what if we see some of these guys in the supplemental draft? How, how do we handle that? Because we know there's a supplemental draft every year and um, 99% of the time, we just don't care about it because there's not players of impact. We have to go back to 2012 when Josh Gordon was in the supplemental draft to, to really have anybody that honestly, that mattered, for fantasy football purposes. Um, but every July there's a supplemental draft and we at least have the potential for players to leave college and enter that. There are some, there's some strict rules for that to happen. Basically el- the player eligibility has to change between the, uh, the deadline to declare for the NFL draft and the deadline to declare for the supplemental draft. So maybe that means a, a a player flunks out of school, a player gets arrested and gets kicked off the team. Something like that has to happen, typically. Now, we know this year is not a typical year. We have, we have this virus that we're dealing with that is affecting uh, basically every part of our life and certainly affecting uh, football, fantasy football, college football, and so on. So that just leaves a lot of questions. We don't know what's going to happen. But I think there's at least the potential uh, and a small chance, again, I would, I would want to stress that college football, the NCAA decides to cancel their season. And if that's the case, I think they could potentially, that would give the opportunity to some of these guys, like you mentioned, Hubbard, uh, ETN, Wallace, Smith, Harris, some of the big name players that did opt to go back to school. Maybe they forego their college eligibility and join the NFL through the supplemental draft. Um, and then if that happens, if we get not just one guy that matters, like Josh Gordon, but if we get three or four or six or seven guys that, that could be potential first-rounders in a normal year, and, and we get those guys being added to our leagues in, in July, in late July, now what? You know, now what do commissioners do? Um, and, and there's lots of options. Uh, you you could you could hold a just like the NFL does. You could hold another draft. Basically, you could hold a, a supplemental draft in your own league. Uh, you could, and I think this is what a lot of players do. This is what happened with Josh Gordon in a lot of leagues uh, almost ten years ago. They just become part of waivers. So I've I've seen and heard some guys saying they're going to trade for extra fab money in anticipation of this. Um, I've seen lots of uh, commissioners suggest that they push the draft back until, uh, until after the supplemental draft. I wouldn't do that. I, d- I think that is, um, an unnecessary step because again, I just, I really don't think it would, it would happen. Uh, there's, there's so many, uh, you, you know, so many, dominoes that would have to fall in the exact right place and right order for this to happen. First, the NCAA would have to cancel their season and they would have to cancel it by July. They would have to make that announcement, not just a delayed season, which I think a lot of people might be anticipating at this point, but they would have to cancel the season. Um, They would then have to, and, and honestly, I'm not even sure whose decision this is. If this would be an NCAA decision or an NFL decision, but they would have to consider the canceled season impacting the player eligibility. So instead of getting kicked out of school, instead of um, being academically ineligible, now this uh, potential cancellation because of, because of COVID-19 that makes you eligible for the supplemental draft. And then of course we have to have the players actually opting in, giving up their, their final season or final couple seasons potentially uh, of college to come into the into the NFL because what we see we uh, we we see it with Gordon who was called a first round talent usually in the supplemental draft you're you're not going to be picked maybe at the same level you might have in in the traditional NFL draft so we think of Hubbard we think of ETN Devonte Smith and. Uh, and Wallace, we think of these guys as as potential first rounders. They probably would not be drafted in the first round of the supplemental draft. So now those guys are giving up uh, giving up money in order to go ahead and enter the league rather than waiting. So that's a that's a very long winded way of saying I don't think this is going to happen. But uh, commissioners and leagues have have plenty of options if it if it does.
0: Yeah, I w- I wouldn't dare. Uh, bring up the hey, we should wait until mid July first of August to have our rookie draft. Uh, we,
1: we all have the itch; we can't wait that long. Stop that's that right.
0: nonsense. It, it's it's been it's been going crazy, but I I did that was a a a big thing that I wanted to make sure that we covered just to keep that bug planted back there. Even the most experienced GMs, and you know, you and Scott did a great job, and you did a great job there breaking it down. But just want to make sure that that's out there. Um, let's switch over to the actual draft, Ryan. I'm going to hit you with a two-parter. Uh, which GM this past weekend did the most to help dynasty owners everywhere? And is there a GM out there in the in the NFL who has a style that emulates your own?
3: Oh, that's a fun one. Um, so, as far as the 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 GM that maybe helped us the most, I think you ha- you have to look at. Volume when it you know when it comes to the picks made, Uh, of course, Clyde edwards hilaire landing in Kansas City um, does a lot to impact Dynasty owners, giving us potentially a new RB one, a new top twelve running back. And um, but that was that was really the only impact pick they made on the offense. So I'm going to look look for a different team. The Colts also gave us a new potential. RB1, a new potential dynasty, top 12 running back, maybe even higher than that, and Jonathan Taylor in the second round. Uh, But then they also add Michael Pittman. Actually, they drafted Pittman before Taylor. So now the Colts are bringing in two two very talented players who uh, Taylor is going to be a top two pick in the majority of rookie drafts. Pittman, a nice option in the late first round, early second round. Uh, you look at some other teams who did the same. Of course, Cincinnati, uh, with Burrow at Joe Burrow at the top, We've, that gives dynasty players a new QB one, uh, just like the these running backs, a new top twelve running back, uh, new top twelve quarterback, I should say. Burrow's already being valued as a QB one, uh, and and I think that's the the correct evaluation for him. And then they grabbed T. Higgins at the top of the second round. Probably going to have to wait a year on him, but definitely think he's going to be an impact player eventually. And then the Raiders just went all out adding some weapons: Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Lynn Bowden. Love what they did. They needed uh, needed some receivers, needed some playmakers after uh, the Antonio Brown experiment failed last year. And and you know, I don't I don't think they did anything wrong there. It was just terrible timing. Uh, but they, they thought they had their wide receiver one, and they end up with with Tyrell Williams as their their wide receiver one, and that's never a good thing. So adding Rugs Edwards Bowden uh, is, is going to be huge for the Raiders.
0: I, I like it. One thing, so and I think you've probably heard this too that again going back to the COVID that it may shorten mini camp, offseason camp, and everything. The one rookie wide receiver and quarterback that I'm not worried about is T Higgins and Burrow. they've been working together all off season prior to both being Bengals. so it goes back to i'll date myself a little bit to when uh jay cutler and brandon marshall were coming up together yeah. on the uh broncos and i remember seeing those guys you know in a, in a preseason game i'm like there's something there between those guys there's a real chemistry i like that one the one that that uh that i liked was uh john elway in denver they added uh, K.J. Hamler. They brought in Jerry Judy, uh, Albert O. I'm not even going to attempt to embarrass myself by trying yeah. to to pronounce that dude's last name. But good, they, good call. They, <laughs> they, 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 they brought in a ton of weapons. And much like you mentioned with Mayock, uh, I'll mention it with Gruden, is that these guys bringing in these speedsters and additional passing game threats, man, they really, in my opinion, increase the value of guys like Josh Jacobs and guys like Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay. Because it's going to be so much harder for defenses to stack the boxes, so they're going to be running against smaller fronts than they've they've seen in a while. And uh, Jerry, was there any of those uh, that we left behind that that you found interesting?
1: I uh, I think you guys hit the hit the nail on all of them. I mean, Chris Ballard was my favorite. This is a pro Michael Pittman podcast. We are <laughs> always going to be on that on that side of the world. So when he took him, and he took Jonathan Taylor. To say I was excited would be a vast understatement because, like, I texted you and you texted me a certain vegetable uh, that is purple uh, (laughs) a few times to respond for how you felt about all those picks as a Colts fan. So, well, well,
0: actually, as a Colts fan, um, I called it the Tiger Woods fist pump moment. You know, they they, they said Michael Pittman Jr., I just, my, my wife was. Uh, Outside, my son was playing Xbox or something. They said Michael Pittman Jr. I just quietly on the couch gave it that little fist pump. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm glad that the Colts finally put a premium talent behind that offensive line at running back for like a dynasty standpoint. But I'll be honest, as an actual Colts fan, I really wanted them to take Antoine Winfield Jr. there. That was the pick that I wanted. Um, And then, because I think they can get one more year out of a guy like marlon mack and jordan wilkins but you know what Uh, it's not my call to make so yeah I
3: i think the other situation that stands out to me and not just necessarily this draft but really kind of the the team building from a whole is jason light in tampa bay you look at that team and that's kind of what i think about my strategy because they're certainly trying to win now uh they're winning with it or, or going into the season with an older quarterback, obviously one of the biggest moves of the offseason from a, from an NFL perspective is the addition of Tom Brady. I typically in, on my dynasty teams like to rely on those older quarterbacks because they're, there's, they're safe, but they're also cheap, you know, guys like Ben Roethlisberger. And uh, I mean, they're, they're all kind of trending that down now at this point, but you know, for years now we've been able to rely on, Breeze and Ben and Brady and Rivers and those guys. Um, but but the Bucks are also built around strong wide receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. That's all of my dynasty teams. Uh, that's that's what I'm going to build around. And they're they're waiting on the running back position. Yes, they they spent a second rounder a couple of years ago. I believe it was the second rounder on on Ronald Jones, and that hasn't worked out, but they waited. They didn't go after one of these. Uh, one of these top five backs, they grab Keyshawn Vaughn, who, uh, on his own, I'm not exactly uh, excited about coming into the draft, but it's it's a great landing spot. And and again, that's how I build my dynasty teams, uh, focused on those wide receivers as the cornerstone pieces, and then grabbing some running backs to fill in around them. And I think the Bucks are in a position to win now uh, with the moves they've made, but also set up for the future as well. So that's that's obviously what. I, I tried to do. I hope to do in my dynasty leagues.
0: Uh, Jerry, remind me, who's the uh, GM of the Lions, and is that who you're reminding your own style of? Because uh, you're in the middle of a, of a rebuild yourself in one of our leagues.
1: No, I'm going to actually try to accumulate good players on my team, so I'm <laughs> not going to emulate Bob Quinn. Listen, I think Bob Quinn did a pretty good job. But if we're going to talk about GMs that did the worst job for dynasty fans, he did the worst job. Because we all wanted DeAndre Swift to land somewhere I don't know, more productive, sexy, less competition. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) This is what the Lions do. They rip your heart out and they step on it. So, no, if I was anybody, for one, I like what Ryan said a lot. Always build around wide receivers. I like to build around wide receivers and quarterbacks, and I just swap out my running backs uh, at a whim. I have no loyalty to any of them, sometimes to a fault. It happens. Uh, but if I was anybody this year, like we talked about before we started hitting record, Randy, I've blown up a lot of teams. Once I get a third place, it just does not sit well with me. Or I lose in the first round, and I will blow it up. So I got uh, in 2020. I'm Chris Greer of the Miami Dolphins. Just blown it up. Give me picks. We'll we'll start from the bottom as best we can.
0: Well, I I think we're all in. I was gonna say I'm Howie Roseman because I have an uh, an un the uh, d- dying love for Carson Wentz, but that's not really it. I, I'm much like you guys. I build around the wide receiver, and that's what Chris Ballard of the Colts does. I mean, he gets all of his fun. I call them tent poles. Like when you put up a tent, you have to put the poles up first to build everything else around it. I want a few tent pole players. If it's a super flex, I got to have at least one solid quarterback. Um, one elite, hopefully, uh, elite type running back, then two elite, wide receivers, and hopefully a good tight end. I'd like to build around those five. And then I can just plug and play um, in rebuilds, Jerry. We've talked about this a, a bunch of times on this show. I'm always going to go out and get those young wide receivers. And the one rebuild you wrote me into, thanks very much. Uh, I traded everything away for picks, but I walked away with Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaren, and DJ Moore, and a couple of young tight ends. And one quarterback. And then, But I've got like five five picks in the top two rounds this year and three first next year. So I'm, I've i got my core of, of what I want to build around. So I, I think I'll go out and get the championship pieces later. I really hope as a Colts fan uh, that we can be chasing a championship. Uh, let's move on to some more of the rookies because I think that's what people are tuning in for right now. Um, I don't want to forget them because they're super important, especially in Superflex, That the top eight, if you will, the big five running backs, the big three quarterbacks. But I'll start with Jerry. Jerry, was there a rookie or two that landed in just like a spot where you're just like that chef's kiss? You're like, man, I like it. Uh, And he's going to have a better career and dynasty value because of it.
1: It's maybe it's it's lazy of me because it's a guy I liked going in, but it's Denzel Mims. He's landing in a spot where he has an opportunity to be the guy. Now, granted, all of these guys have to perform once they're there. But if he does perform, he is the guy. And he's matched up with a young quarterback who can sling it in Sam Darnold for the Jets. So I, I really liked that landing spot. And yes, Adam Gase is a character. Mm-hmm. He is not not friendly to us as fantasy owners. But just because he's there now does not necessarily mean he is going to be there in the future or he got it right and he is still there. So e- either way I think it's going to be okay situation. I just like Denzel Mims. I like big body guys that can make those tough catches. He's you know, I I've heard he's lazy and you know, he doesn't run the crispest routes, which which is fine. If you're the only guy in town, it doesn't matter. Look at look at what Darren Waller did. Is is Darren Waller the greatest athlete that has seen the field? No, he's not, but he was the guy and he won some leagues because of it. So it, that, that that's my guy with uh, with Denzel Mims. I think landing on the Jets, if you're a guy that's by yourself, it helps a ton. We saw it with Terry McLaren last year. We saw it a little bit with Darius Slayton. So it, it's just opportunity there.
0: I, I like the Mims pick. Ryan, you a Mims guy. Mims, toward the end there, really post-senior bowl, got very trendy in a, in a lot of circles, and he had a great combine and they, they strapped the rocket ship to his back. Where are you at with Mims?
3: Yeah, I like Mims. Uh, I'm buying in. I think uh, his, his post-NFL draft ADP has kind of slotted him in in that early second-round range, which I think is, is exactly where it should be. Uh, of course, that, that might be different if he had gone in the first round like a lot of people projected, uh, but I think landing later in the second round uh, I, th- I think there's some questions about the Jets uh, just uh, really because of Adam Gaze. Uh, I, I know kind of my mindset has been uh, never Jets, you know, just, just avoid that team <laughs> in general. Uh, but I, I think, I think Jerry makes a good point there that he, you know, they lost Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder's fine, but uh, Mims is really going to have the chance to be the man uh, almost from the start. So I definitely like him at his, his new value early in that second round range. Uh, Looking at some other guys, I I think it's basically a question of who's rising. I I look at our ADP pre-draft and post-draft that we have at DLF and and just look at who's moving up the board the most. And the guy who uh, rose over a full round, uh, almost a round and a half is Van Jefferson. Uh, He was, uh, an ADP of 44 pre-draft now he's looking like an early uh, early third rounder of course i think the draft capital was surprising he's a he was a second round pick not many people saw that coming lands in a good spot uh, brandon cook's gone from the rams and and the idea is that jefferson can, uh, can can slide in and take that production but it's a very different role than what brandon cook's was playing certainly uh in, in fact van jefferson and Cooper Cup feel a little uh, a, a little too similar for me. So um, Van Jefferson in the third is is fine. A couple other guys that are rising: Darrington Evans uh, lands with the Titans. Maybe that Dion Lewis role and and Keyshawn Vaughn uh, that that we already mentioned uh, just coming in and, and potentially starting early on for the Buccaneers.
0: Well, you, you keep preaching that good Keyshawn Vaughn because I've done two rookie drafts. I got him at the 112 once because I needed some running back depth and I traded back in and I got him at the 202. I, I like the talent pre draft. I like the post draft landing spot and I think he's going to have a nice role there. And uh, th- that was one of my absolute favorites. Here's one that's uh, kind of creeping up and I'll ask you, Ryan, you know, how's his DLF ADP? And that's Joshua Kelly. Um, another guy who had a a really good senior bowl, and uh, in one of my two drafts, he went at the two twelve, and that's by a really savvy redraft guy. He's been top ten ranked over at Fantasy Pros three years in a row, and he took him at the two twelve. And then in my other draft, he went at the three eleven. But when Wheeler, his name's Kevin Wheeler at FF underscore Wheeler, when he took him at the two twelve, I raised an eyebrow. Like I said, this guy's super savvy, and there's not a whole lot between him. I think he's a very complimentary piece to what Austin Eckler is going to do there in L.A., whereas I think Justin Jackson's a little bit more redundant to what Eckler does. And then this is a guy that I'm slowly turning the corner on, and that's LaVisca Chenault. Uh, He went at the 202 in one of my drafts and the 206 in the other. I think the 202 is a little high, even for a super flex. But uh, when I heard that there's thought that he could be used in that Debo Samuel role— as the perfect compliment for uh, DJ Chark, I was like, man, you know, what a great idea. And Jay Gruden is not a bad offensive coordinator. Andy Dalton, when Jay Gruden was his offensive coordinator, had some of his best years. So what what have you seen at the DLF? I know you run the best rookie mocks uh, out there. And have you seen any movement on Kelly or LaVisca?
3: Yeah, Kelly Kelly's moving up a little bit, not nearly as much as I thought his his post-draft ADP uh, is right around 30, so we're looking at a mid-third rounder. I think that's great value. Uh, he's in a tier with a lot of other running backs who all had excellent landing spots, and and honestly, uh, I think I've said it on other shows now, I really like the landing spots of, of basically all of these running backs. There were about 20 running backs drafted, and – I think 18 of them had had great landing spots for the type of player they are. Kelly would certainly be in that group. I think you made a great point. Uh, Jackson and Eckler, kind of the same guy uh, and Kelly is not. And because of that, we're going to see him have a, have a role. I think we could kind of say something similar with chase Claypool in Pittsburgh. I was surprised they took him because they've got the three solid wide receivers and, and Juju Smith, Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and and James Washington, but all three of those guys are kind of kind of similar players. So again, use that word, you use that word redundant, which I think makes a lot of sense there. And Chase Claypool is certainly not redundant with any of those guys. Very different type of player. And, and one that we could see used immediately because of that. But I like the Kelly call. I think he's a he's a steal in the mid-third. I'm comfortable with him more. Uh, in the range you were talking about, late second, early third, no problem taking him there. And the other player, oh, LaVisca Chenault actually fell a little bit. Um, he he currently has an ADP of 19 overall. It was 14 coming in. Surprised he would fall. I, I, I guess that's a... A Jacksonville Jaguars concern. Well,
0: I think um, I think it might be he's getting squeezed by the the risers of guys like yeah. Keyshawn yep. Vaughn could be could have leapfrogged him based on the landing spot and the fact that he's a running back. We just love us some running backs.
3: Yeah, very good point, and and it, that may be the case. It may it may be um, you know not even anything or any specific concern about Chenault, but uh, Zach Moss gained some value. He's he's now ahead of Chenault. Uh, Michael Pittman, we've already talked about, certainly gained some value. Brandon Ayuk got that first round draft capital and moved up. And and, uh, obviously, Keyshawn Vaughn was one of the big risers as well.
0: No, I I agree. That's a a good one. And uh, before we get into the other thing, um, I want to stick in Jacksonville for just a second because it's worth noting. The NFL teams have until, I believe it's May 4th, which will be this coming Monday, to Whether or not they're going to use the fifth year option on players. We've seen a lot of players like Miles Garrett's been had his option picked up, Uh, Deshaun Watson uh, famously. Leonard Fournette, I would bet you a ham sandwich, he's not going to get his picked up. And they didn't draft any running backs, but they have a couple of guys to keep an eye on. You know, maybe Raquel Armstead's on waivers now that you've done your rookie draft. Um, And maybe this guy didn't get picked up because he was an undrafted free agent, but you know what a fan. A uh, friend of the show, Shane Hallam, is of James Robinson. If something were to happen to Leonard Fournette, there's not a whole lot of street free agents. So, just a couple of names I wanted to throw out there. Have you seen any movement on Robinson or, or heard anything, or are you seeing any uh, trades involving Armstead uh, based on any Fournette news? No, I
3: haven't. Uh, I, I actually, you, you know, we we kind of feel. I mean, we we do this stuff every day. As as um, active dynasty players as
1: degenerates was the word you were looking
3: as, for. Yeah, I was I was trying to avoid it, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and say it. um So you know we're kind of in the weeds on this stuff every day, all day, every day. But the reality is that I mean dynasty players are are very reactive. So we should have been selling uh, selling Leonard Fournette three months ago when he was racking up a hundred targets or, or whatever the crazy number was. And and instead we, or at least I and, and many others just kind of held on to him and maybe the same thing will happen again. And th- there were plenty of signs. So I haven't seen much movement or, or really even much discussion at all on, on Armstead or, or Robinson. I think divine uh, Zigbo is there as well. Who was kind of one of those. Uh, I think he was undrafted last year or maybe. Yeah, maybe he was, a, he bounced yeah, around yeah, a little he was bit. A, he was another um, kind of dynasty darling of, of, of us degenerates. But um, they, they've got some options there. It, it certainly looks like you're going to be right, that they're, they're just done with him. They can't, can't get any value for him because of that contract. So I don't think they're going to uh, extend it for another year and, and kind of double down on, on the trouble they've had. Uh, at this point, I just expect them to, to kind of play it out with him um, I don't think he's going to get outright released, and I, I would be surprised if they find any type, any type of trade partner. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, to to that point, we should be picking up Raquel Armstead, and if you're in a super deep league, then absolutely look at Robinson and Ozigbo.
0: Yeah, because if he doesn't get that option picked up, you never know, Mr. Fournette may make a business decision at some point throughout the season and say, hey, I've got to protect myself and get ready for free agency in 2021. So uh, spent more time in Jacksonville than I've ever wanted to, but hey, <laughs> uh, th- these things happen. So we're going go to go the opposite side. You know, you, you can't have just the rookies that land in the ideal spot. There were several that, that landed in some and it was like, Really? Jerry, did, did anyone land in a spot that had you scratching? Well, when you take your trucker hat off, that had you scratching your head? <laughs> uh,
1: so I figured the Lions would take it I'm just going to take Swift because I'm the, the resident Lions fan that loves to rant about the piss poor running of that organization. I figured they would take one. But the Lions have tons of holes. Offense, defense, head coach, GM, you name it. I could keep going the fan base is horrible. Like people like me who just, you know, want to rant about it. <laughs> I think taking the running back after you took a tight end at eight overall. And then the very next year, you're going to take a running back in the second round after you already have a young running back. And I understand the issues with Gary on Johnson. He gets hurt and he can't be relied on, which is why you did need to address it. It just, it killed us uh, in our, in our Patreon chat as the Detroit lions were on the clock in the second round. I said, is everybody ready for the Detroit lions to ruin Deandre Swift's value? And 14 seconds later, they did exactly that. There was a, uh, uh, excuse me, Ryan, what, what, what's his ADP about right now? One hundred eight, one hundred seven. I would assume somewhere hey, in there.
0: Make sure you didn't denote super flex because we typically talk. Oh yeah, like, I guess that's true. I guess in, in in a one QB, what would be his ADP?
3: Uh, Swift is three overall.
0: In one
1: QB?
3: We're talking about DeAndre Swift, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. In one QB, DeAndre Swift is three overall behind Taylor and Edward Solaire. And then... In Superflex, you add in the two quarterbacks there, so that pushes him down Just to a five. five. Okay,
1: I, yeah. I would have guessed it's much worse than that. In some of the leagues I've seen him, I saw him go at 110, I've seen him go at 108, wow. so that's a little crazy. I okay. think people don't love that as much. That I mean, that makes me feel a little bit better because I'm a Lions homer, so I took him at 104 in a league, but that's me, and I know I can flip him to the other sucker Detroit Lions fans in my <laughs> leagues the moment he does anything good. Um, if only I would have done that with TJ. Hawkinson after week one last year. Ah, Jerry, missed that opportunity. Um, so I, I'm gonna say that just because he is tied to on Johnson, who is another young running back. He's under contract for two more years. When he's healthy, he's productive. the The injuries have always been Carrion's biggest thing. We're an offense that is not going to be high potent. We're not going to be the chiefs. I hate to disappoint the rest of the world. So it's it's not what I would have loved to see. Now, if he lands in Kansas City, goodness gracious, you could have built the statue right outside of Ryan McDowell's house because I, I assume that's where the Dynasty Hall of Fame is. It's at your house.
3: <laughs> that, that would be nice.
1: But so I, I just, the Lions, it was a bad spot. There There's a couple ones. Ryan, where, where was your spot? I, I know there's one that you saw and you just, no, don't do that to me.
3: Yeah, there there were a few. I, I would just want to say I I don't think it's all bad on, on DeAndre Swift though. I second uh, that. I, and I mean if, if you got him at, at or or if somebody got him at eight or ten, they got a great value because this is a guy pre-combine that was the near unanimous 101 in in our rookie adp um ahead of Jonathan Taylor ahead of uh, I think there's a lot to like about Swift in Detroit Uh, I'm not worried about Carry On Johnson Jerry you're you're obviously kind of closer to that situation than than I am but uh, you know I mean the guy just can't stay healthy unfortunately the the injury list is is a mile long and I think that's that has to be a huge part of what pushed the Lions to make this pick um but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm taking Swift in, in the top five, the top four, easily all day, every day. I'm in, uh, I'm in a rookie draft right now, and uh, it is a super flex league. And uh, Evan Silva took, took DeAndre Swift at four today. So hopefully that makes you feel better. Um, l- looking at who, some who, of did,
1: who did he leave out, if you don't mind me asking, uh, outside of the big four, the two quarterbacks and Clyde Edwards Flair and Jonathan Taylor?
3: Yeah, so that one went Taylor. Uh, no, actually, it went Clyde, Taylor, Burrow. And then oh, so Swift. he took him
1: over Tua. Okay.
3: He took him over Tua. He took him over Dobbins. He took him over all the wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. He actually
1: uh, won our division in the Scott Fishbowl, Bowl. So that does make me feel better.
3: <laughs> don't, don't fret. I mean, honestly, I think it's kind of like what we were talking about with, with Mams and the Jets or, or Chenault and, and the Jaguars. I think it's just a team situation but not because it's a negative for the offense or, uh, you know, a negative situation for the offense or because you're worried about carry on Johnson. I think it it just feels like, and maybe I'm pouring salt in the wound here a little bit. It feels like the lions are are snake bit when it comes to the running back position. I mean, they they've been trying since Barry Sanders hung it up to fill this position and, and they, they just can't do it. I mean, we thought it was job best. We thought it was carry on Johnson and, Jerry, you could probably name the other 25 guys that we, we thought it was. Um, and, and something always goes wrong, whether it's injury or, or just disappointing performance. Uh, so hopefully DeAndre Swift is is the one that breaks that ugly trend. Looking at some guys who were fallers in ADP, though, there's, there's three guys who basically have dropped around since prior to the draft. Uh, they're, they're all deeper guys but it, I think it's all situation, at least partly situation-based. Uh, Albert O is the first one. He, he drops around. I, I, think he, I think, first of all, he, he went a lot lower than maybe most people expected. There was some talk that he might be the tight end one. Uh, he wasn't even close. I think he was four or five, maybe lower than that. And, of course, lands in Denver where uh, he'll presumably play behind Noah Fant. so that drops him around donovan people's jones drops around he was another uh, another player who went later than expected there were even some some early mocks who had people's jones as the first rounder which i think most people knew that was kind of crazy but he drops well into day three with the browns and uh eno benjamin was the other one who just dropped a lot further than expected the landing spot's not bad and in, in it <clears throat> excuse me, in Arizona, uh, a little bit crowded with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds there. But, um, you know, nearly went undrafted, basically. And, and that's bad news for your dynasty value.
0: Yeah, I was hoping, Eno would get a spot similar to where Darrington Evans went in Tennessee. Now, I really like Darrington Evans. And I don't think we've had a McFarlane mention yet in Pittsburgh. But those are a couple. And before I get into my guy, remember what don't hear what jerry ryan and i are are not saying just because we don't quote unquote like a landing spot doesn't mean we don't like the guy Uh, we'll take you right back to last year with a.j brown we all thought he was going to be buried on that roster with marcus mariota at the quarterback and Corey davis and lo and behold he wound up setting the, the earth on fire the the last four or five games of the season so again don't hear what we're not saying we're just you know Based on their landing spot and the competition around them, we, we have an eyebrow raised. My guy in that situation is Jerry Judy. Now, going into the draft, Jerry Judy was my number one wide receiver coming in. Yes, I had him ahead of C.D. Lamb. I like guys that get open via really good route running and can decelerate as fast as they accelerate. And Jerry Judy is completely that guy. He has all the tools in his toolbox. He's got good speed. Um, he's going to be working a lot in the slot, which is great. My concern for him is to Ryan's point, you know, Noah Fant was already there. Cortland Sutton was already there. You got a couple of two, we'll, we'll, we'll call it two and a half running backs. We'll call Royce Freeman the half. You got, you got Melvin, you got Philip Lindsay, and you've got the half that is Royce Freeman. But there's a lot of mouths to feed. And this was a team that would have been around the middle in pass attempts last year. They attempted 502. and a two across three quarterbacks and he's got a quarterback that's attempted 156 career uh, nfl passes so it's not that i don't like jerry it's just a crowded room um other guys that we could have mentioned uh he actually doesn't like anybody named jerry so <laughs> well, except <laughs> that's for jerry. that's not true i love jerry springer um <laughs> you used to watch him growing up uh, after school um you used to watch uh weird weird fights on on jerry springer but no, um, you know, and I guess from uh, another wide receiver, and I hope he actually gets like kind of a medical redshirt type deal, and that's uh, that's Brian Edwards. You know, he had the foot injury. He had the knee injury. Uh, they can't get rid of Tyrell Williams in Oakland. His $11 million contract counts 100% against the cap. So at this point, you might as well keep him. He seems like a good guy. He could be a veteran mentor to guys like Lynn Bowden Jr. and like Henry Ruggs. And they'll be able to you know, hand this off to these young guys next year. But Brian Edwards is a guy that I like. I just don't like him now. And I, I, while I mentioned Lynn Bowden Jr., I want to mention one thing. Uh, previous guest, Mark Schofield, and I had this conversation about these guys that could wind up with different designations. You know, They're, they're listing uh, Lynn Bowden on MFL. At least I just looked. He was listed now as a wide receiver. But if he ends up playing some running back like John Gruden did – Antonio Gibson's another guy that falls in this category. And the one that I really love in like tight end premium leagues is Chase Claypool. Now I know the OC came out today and said, you know, we're going to line him up at wide receiver, his uh, natural outside position, which forces Juju back into the slot. And if you're a Juju fan, Ryan, I'm pretty sure you are. Oh yeah. And Jerry, (laughs) Jerry is for sure. That's two thumbs up because that's put, that puts Juju in a spot where he can go back and certainly thrive, but these guys that could get midseason um, designation changes, some of that could be a real advantage if you know how to work that in the system. Ryan or Jerry, you guys got anything on Judy or the guys in Oakland?
3: Yeah, I'm talked about the Raiders earlier. I I love all all of those uh, offensive picks that the Raiders made basically and i, I do kind of disagree i i am not hoping for uh, a red shirt season for edwards i think he could be their wide receiver one really in short order um love rugs and and obviously they spent a high pick on him but i think it's edwards who profiles more as as your typical um, top target uh and and your wide receiver one so uh and then on on uh Gibson and Bowden, actually, my fantasy league uh, announced today that they were moving both of those guys to running back based on uh, based on the draft and the comments made after the draft Boo. by <laughs> by uh, both of those coaching staff. So uh, Antonio Gibson is now a running back for the Redskins. Len Bowden Jr. is now a running back for the Raiders. And Chase Claypool stays at wide receiver.
0: I still say boo. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna hit one more little segment here. Gonna, <laughs>
1: before, before we move on to the next one, let's uh, let's talk about C.D. Lamb a little bit. Sure. I mean, that's a dude that landed in a very complicated situation. He was darn near wide receiver one for most people, if not. He was in the top two, and he lands with Amari Cooper. He lands with Michael Gallup, a guy that really exploded year two, eleven hundred yards in fourteen games. What are, what are your guys' thoughts on that situation? C.D. Lamb, who's the top guy going forward? It's just, that's a mess. It's oh, well. a little bit of a mess. Now, it'll get cleared up if we actually play football, which is the good news, but we're not in the business of waiting for that. We've, we've got to know now. What are
0: we thinking? Ryan, I'll let you go first on this one.
3: Yeah, I've, I basically always play, and not just from a rookie draft perspective, uh, but but any general dynasty team building overall uh almost ignoring situation when it comes to wide receiver whether it's worrying about the quarterback whether it's uh, competition for targets uh, i'm just chasing talent at the wide receiver position and there's no doubt that cd lamb has that uh he's the um what was he got it's the third wide receiver drafted, I believe. And, and a lot of people think he might be the third wide receiver for the Cowboys in 2020. And that's fine. He's still my wide receiver one among rookies, still the guy uh, that, that I would be targeting above any others at that position. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe it's a slow start with, uh, with Cooper and Gallup there. Uh Kind of in established roles, but there are still a lot of targets to go around. Uh, As 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 old and uh, maybe as as kind of worn down as they are, Jason Witten and and my guy Randall Cobb saw a ton of targets last year, Um, and we we definitely think Blake Jarwin's going to get his share. But uh, there's plenty to go around for CD Lamb as well. So I'm not worried about the situation at all. In fact, in, in that offense, I'm excited about the situation.
1: And honestly, it's probably helped you, especially if you're a person that likes CD Lamb because of the narrative that it's sort of not the best spot.
3: Right, right. I mean, it's going to be, I think, I think you guys said it earlier. It's going to be one of the top offenses in the league, maybe, maybe the second best behind the Chiefs. That team is going to score a lot of points. They're going to be in the red zone a ton with Ezekiel Elliott, with Amari Cooper, with Michael Gallup, and yes, with CD Lamb. So, yeah, I, I'm, I don't have any concerns with C.D. Lamb and that landing spot.
0: Well, I, I initially, uh, I, and I, I've had him at two the entire time, both pre, pre and po, post draft. Um, some, some pros that I see for him, though, I was listening to Greg Cosell. And if you don't know who Greg Cosell is, he's a guy who's been watching NFL film for about 40 years. And he commented the other day on a podcast I was listening to, said that in college, C.D. Lamb took 42% of his snaps out of the slot. Hey, guess who's no longer in Dallas? Randall Cobb. Guess what? Dak had 600 attempts last year, six most in the league. Kellen Moore is still the offensive coordinator. Uh, The defense is going to be bad. They really needed a safety and they really needed edge help when they took C.D. Lamb. I I was almost willing to bet money that they would have taken Xavier McKinney at that spot but they didn't, um, they went with C.D. Lamb. So and the smile on Jarrah's face tells me they've got big plans for him and, and for both Gallup as well. Don't get crazy with your Gallup shares. Amari Cooper, yes, he did just sign a new five-year $100 million deal, but after there's no guaranteed money after the first two years. So going into 2022, they can completely let him walk with no guaranteed money. Now he would be a $6 million cap hit, but by the time that that time hits, that will be about, I don't know, not even 4% of the overall cap. So they'll certainly be able to let him go. That gives C.D. Lamb two years to learn his craft as a pro. I i have 0.0 reservations about that uh, that landing spot in Dallas, better. Mr. Jerry.
1: I just, I, it was something that needed to be cleared up because I have, I, happy, I have happy to help, seen, bud. I have seen yeah, – well, you guys are just – just brilliant. That's, that's why I got Aristotle and Socrates right here. That's what I had to find out.
0: Oh man. So Jerry, since you're already going, is there a, a veteran that you're buying and, and selling based uh, on now that, you know, the smoke is cleared from the draft free agency, uh, a couple of months ago, there's still a couple of street free agents that I'm surprised have it signed. I think they will after uh, travel restrictions and things loosen up, but do you have a buy and a sell based on what you've seen?
1: I don't have a sell yet, but I have a weird buy. And it's Todd Gurley because they didn't draft anybody. Now, do I think Todd Gurley is going to be the long-term option there? I really don't. I think the degenerative knee issue is, well, when you use the word degenerative, not very good. Um, but they didn't address it. And Ido Smith is fine. And the, the the kid from Pitt, who I can't think of his name right now, if you guys could help me out. Um, Connor, James Connor. No, not James Connor. Wait, uh, he, what's that guy's name? You said Pitt. Got yeah, lucky.
3: Allison. Quadre Allison. Thank you. Oh. Thank you.
1: No, Connor did go to Pitt, but um yeah, I, I think if you're a true contender, I think he's really gonna be cheap right about now. I got an offer that was Daryl Henderson in two seconds. Now, granted, I'm not gonna take the deal. I'm gonna counter it and try and get something a little better, but that's where we're at with Todd Gurley. And he sh- still should be in line for 1,100 yards? 1,200 yards? Yeah, I mean, he's not going to see a ton of competition there. It's an offense that should be able to move the ball pretty well. Long-term option? No, he's he's not a great guy. But if you're trying to win in 2020, assuming we play, I think you could do a lot worse than Todd Gurley. Now, a little caveat before I, I hand it off to one of you guys, I did say the same thing about Devonta Freeman, and he did not do me any favors in 2019.
0: Ryan, where are you at with Todd Gurley? Uh, I know you, you've always been a big fan as long as I've been following you on Twitter. But uh, how do you view his current situation?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm totally in line with Jerry there. I I like the the Gurley call, and the main reason I do is because he's cheap. I mean this this is a guy who uh, it, it, week to week was was a little tough last year, but he did end up, I believe as a low end RB one. So mostly thanks to, thanks to touchdowns, he had production um, to, to help, you you know, to help get us into the playoffs hopefully. Um, And, and again, the price has come so far down. I mean, he's like, he's like kryptonite, right? We don't want to, we don't want to be we don't even want any piece of him. And along those same lines, I think Melvin Gordon is in that same range and going back to the, the Cowboys conversation, that team is going to, that, that Broncos team is going to score a ton. Melvin Gordon is going to get uh, plenty of red zone touches, plenty of opportunity uh, to, to put six on the board. And he, his price has also come down. So this is the time of year, especially when the draft comes and goes, free agency comes and goes, and we get a, a little bit of an idea of what depth charts might actually look like you can start investing in those, those older running backs. Uh, As far as guys I'm buying again, I I try not to be too reactive. You know, it's easy to say you want to buy Dak Prescott or you want to buy drew lock, but everybody wants to do that. Um, One guy that I would definitely be kicking the tires on is Aaron Jones. Uh, We saw what the Packers did uh, drafting, AJ Dillon overdrafting AJ Dillon I should say <laughs> yes you in, should in the second round so they they certainly have plans for AJ Dillon that if I already own Aaron Jones that does not make me feel good he went from I mean he went from an RB1 to outside of the top 12 running backs and uh, a lot of that had to do with um, with Taylor and Swift and and Dobbins and Edwards-Hilaire entering the league and and immediately overtaking uh, Aaron Jones at that position, but it also had a lot to do with, with the A.J. Dillon pick. So I don't know. This could certainly be Jones last season in Green Bay. Um, I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing. So if if the Aaron Jones owner is panicking in my league, I would want to try to take advantage of that. Uh, and, and then sticking with the Falcons, Calvin Ridley is is the other player I would be uh, trying to target a, a we're seeing a lot of wide receivers move up in our adp. They're claiming uh, second round adp, third round adp high third round adp and and Calvin Ridley looks like a discount <clears throat> to those guys. I mean, we're talking about cortland sutton and a j brown and d k Metcalf and all of those kind of trendy players a- and you can get calvin Ridley around or two rounds or three rounds later. And that's another team that was uh, rumored to be taking a wide receiver, and they did not. So uh, Ridley's role certainly as the, as the second option in that offense is safe. They lost Austin Hooper, so that's more targets potentially going his way. Uh, and then um, I think they also lost their wide receiver three, but I'm blanking on on who that was. Oh, the, the new trade. Uh, that's, that's what I was thinking. They, uh, they made that move.
0: Yep, and uh, they 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 did keep a Russell gauge. So if you're looking for a cheap back of the waiver wire guy to throw on your roster, you never know. Um, should one of those guys get hurt, his role would increase exponentially. This will shock nobody, but I'm saying it from a positive space. My cell is Baker Mayfield. Um, all the news is good. I mean, he got two new tackles. He got a left tackle. He got a right tackle. Um, they're keeping Kareem Hunt. Obviously, Nick Chubb's there. All of his skill position guys, both running backs, his new tight end, and both of his starting wide receivers have all been at least 2-1 Pro Bowl. That is good news. Why why am I selling a guy with those kind of weapons? I'll tell you. His rookie year, he finished his QB 16. Last year, he finished his QB 20. And how do you help out a guy like Baker Mayfield? You pound the ball. You did not bring in um, Cunningham, the guy who was the head coach of the Uh, Redskins last year, the interim head coach, uh, who said that they were going to run the ball and Mr. They Ran the Ball. He's their offensive line coach. Uh, Baker was 10th in the league last year in pass attempts, but uh, he still only finished last year as the QB 19 in fantasy. I'm using your basic four-point per passing touchdown scoring. His name and his age and his cachet carry so much more. And if you're just looking for a chance to get out, maybe you got him at a reasonable value and you want to pivot to a Sam Darnold, maybe you can uh, you know, get Burrow, maybe you can get Tua, maybe you're just ready to move on, and you don't see Baker as ever really being a top-five quarterback. Uh, I've always kind of compared him to being a Kirk Cousins-type quarterback, and that feels even more accurate now with his uh, ex-offensive coordinator as Baker's head coach, and Kevin Stefanski, I think if Baker lands annually in that QB 10 to 14 range, that's who Baker is, and and that doesn't make him a bad quarterback. That makes him a hell of a QB 2 in super flex leagues, but um, I think he's got enough positive momentum going in his way that if you're just looking to cash out, I use, I call this a, a return or an exchange. I used to work in retail. If you just want to go return your Baker and walk away with something that you think going to do a little bit better for you, you can about break even on the guy, and then the guy I'm buying, Matt Breda, especially if I'm on a contender. Did a little research today in uh, into Chan Gailey offenses. Chan Gailey is the new OC down there in Miami, and I only went back to his most recent stint in the NFL, which was 2015 and 2016. Column plays with the New York Jets. In 2015, uh, his offense averaged, uh, excuse me, attempted 604 passes. 112 went to the running backs. Um, and Chris Ivory that year was the RB12 in PPR, and Bilal Powell was the RB34. Now, Powell had some injury issues, but that was still almost a 19% uh, target share to the uh, running back. And then in 2016, they attempted 550 passes, 142 went to the running backs, and Powell finished as RB16 that year, and Matt Forte finished as RB21. So what does that tell you? Not only is Breda a buy. Jordan Howard's a buy, and if you've got that weird, hey, how did I get a Patrick Laird share on the back end of my roster? (laughs) Don't do anything with it. Um, Breda and Jordan Howard combined aren't the healthiest dudes in Dynasty Fantasy Football, but if I'm a contender and I can throw what I think will be a late 20-20 second at a guy that we've seen average over five yards rushing per game, Man, I'm all about buying some cheap Matt Breda as the season wears on. Ryan, anything on Baker or Breda? And then if uh, you don't have anything, you can throw it to old Jerry. Yeah,
3: as far as the, the Dolphins running backs, I would just say the same as as what we talked about with Gordon and Gurley. They're cheap running backs. And if you need bodies, absolutely, go get them. Uh, you, you, can, you can probably get uh, both of those guys for future third-rounders. So if you're contending, you need – one more, you know, an RB3 or a flex. Uh, I I don't think there's anything wrong with with grabbing those guys.
0: What do you think, Jerry? And the reason why I like buying these running backs cheap is that they came out the other day that the NFL could start the season as late as the 15th of October, and they may go without bye weeks and a little bit of cheap running back depth. We know that's a pretty volatile position with injury. And then next year, the NFL will start 17 game schedules. I'm a guy who, like I said earlier, we we're talking about building our rosters. I like to have that one stud, that Saquon, that Kamara, that Zeke, and then give me a whole crap ton of the the Breda's, Howards, James Whites types of the world. Well, w- what do you say there, Jer? I don't. I don't think it's crazy. It, breda has been good, and and
1: you say he gets injured. Listen, he does get injured the dude just plays through it because he's a bulldog. <laughs> I, how many times did we watch that where it was like his head fell off in the first quarter and he was playing in the third quarter dudes, a boss. And I, I like Jordan Howard. He's one of those Derek Henry S guys that he's just, you know, he's a mauler. He's not going to be catching the ball and doing crazy things that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to do, but he's going to do enough. He's a pro's pro and he's, you know he's he's gonna mold somebody eventually because at some point they're gonna have to address it. You know for the long term, I like it, and well, and the, the same reason that you guys said it, cheap. Well, yeah, there's and once, once those narratives around guys that they just they fell off a dynasty cliff and nobody wants to talk about them anymore. That's when you should buy them because that's their production is more valuable than what you're going to trade to get them. That's, a, that's exactly what the, the whole purpose of this thing is. The problem is, and like Ryan said early on in this podcast, that we're very reactive. We also have very short sighted and we never listen to ourselves, you know, sell high, buy cheap. We never do that. We always try and buy when it's expensive because we hear the good news. And that's that's really not what you should be doing. You go go try and buy Lamar Jackson right now. Let me know how much that costs. <laughs>
0: uh seven dollars I heard seven dollars but but remember Breda at Jordan Howard these guys are rentals this is a one year that's why I denoted contender because Miami's got another truckload of picks next year and now that they've got the quarterback they drafted a bunch of linemen they spent money on free agency and defense with all that draft capital going into 2021 you can firmly bet that uh that a Chuba Hubbard or a Najee Harris or an ETN will wind up in that uh that aqua blue and orange. Well, listen, Ryan, we've kept you here for about an hour, man. We really appreciate your time. You coming on and and talking to us. I know you got a lot going on, but, uh, what of uh, those things going on you want to share with our listeners?
3: Yeah, we do have a lot going on, uh, over at DLF. Uh, just, you know, just like everybody else, we're, we're churning out some, some rookie content covering this, this new class and these new guys. It's, it's, uh, a, a lot of fun. And, uh, just trying to, trying to figure out where they all mix in. But definitely check out uh, every, all of our work at Dynasty League Football. We are uh, kind of expanding, reaching out, doing some, some video work on YouTube. So uh, look us up on YouTube, Dynasty League Football, over there and subscribe. Uh, I've got a couple of new shows coming out there. Uh, again, really focused on, on the value of these players.
0: Yeah, and and uh, I'm going to do some promoting for you. If if you're a younger listener and you're into Twitch, they've got a Twitch feed over there that's uh that's pretty cool. Now, you'll never know that I've watched it because I usually use my son's Twitch cuz he uses like the Fortnite <laughs> Twitch video game, Call of Duty thing. But yeah, man, um they're on the DLF is on every uh platform. And when he says subscribe as a guy who hosts an independent podcast, it means a ton when you hit that subscribe button uh Goes a long way to helping, and, and, and Ryan's one of the really good guys in Dynasty and Fantasy, and and he does that. Jerry, anything to uh, to add before we go home?
1: Nope. I just uh, I appreciate you coming on here. This is the first time we've ever gotten to interact. It's awesome. You're always a legend. I'm sorry you have had to at me on Twitter so many times when I don't draft in your <laughs> mocks. I uh, apologize for that. Uh, no, appreciate you coming on. It was awesome. It was a good time.
0: Randy, let's wrap this bad boy up. Let's take it. It's easier than the mock draft where I had to say eight names, but today on behalf of Ryan, Jerry, and myself here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon. Thanks for tuning in guys.
1: Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago and never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the Patreon chat helped me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough, and so join the Patreon, because if you ain't first, you're last.
0: Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street so if you're looking for the best you want to be the best in the game you want to have the best league in town go over to trophysmack.com get that trophy get that ring use that code dwz ring and let's have a big season